Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Bald and beautiful is not here, but I'm big just nonetheless, unfortunately. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3, our friend for a couple of days. Hannah, good to be back. Are you happy to see me? Yes, I so am. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm not lying to you. When this all started and I started to guest host, I could always count on one thing. Hannah was in the studio before I got here. That didn't happen today. No. It was dark. It was scary. <laughs> and I had to come in here alone. I'm A sorry. lot of bad things can happen when I'm alone. Anywhere. But you weren't alone, though, because you had Steve. I didn't know he was here. I did see his oh. car, but I did not know he was here. He I was, was happy that park. you posted, you like parked next to him because you would have parked in my spot. I'm a little bit upset. Do you I, have a sign parking? I didn't know you had a spot. I, we, don't, we, we don't have a sign parking, but like everyone parks in the same spots when they come in. So I always park one spot away from Steve every day to his right. So what you're saying is I should park somewhere else. No, where you parked where you parked today it was fantastic. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll remember that for the next couple of days. Thank you. I was just I, I I had I'm sorry I woke you up with my call because I needed the number to get <laughs> in the building. It's been a while since I had been here. So did you miss me? No, I did. Nobody, nobody misses me. Yes, you're the well. You want to get you are why I get to talk the most whenever I have guest hosts because I have because I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything much. to say. What you're saying is nobody lets you say anything. Not as often. Why? We need. I don't know. We need. We want your interaction. But I don't know as much stuff. Now, we're all making it up. We don't know anything. <laughs> Good morning to everybody. 1037 Lafayette, 1041, or 1041 the game, Lake Charles. I'm from the Chuck, so I love it in the Chuck. So we can talk some Chuck today. How's that? Sounds good 7.30, Heath is joining us, McNeese Athletic Director. Going to talk FBS football as football starts. Does he want to go into FBS? Of course. We're going to talk about how he saved the Southland Conference. Southland Conference is alive, Hannah. A really? year ago, we couldn't say that. A year ago when I guest host, it was dying? a dead conference. They're dead. And now it's got people begging to come back in. Kevin Gidry, former LSU defensive back, is going to talk LSU at eight. Interesting. Are you are you excited about LSU football? Yes. No, you're not. No, I'm really not. Brett Chancy at uh, eight thirty talking baseball. My favorite. This is Christmas to me. Baseball. No, today is Christmas Eve to me. Oh, why? It is the trade deadline for baseball. I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball. Trade deadline, it's where the major leagues get to play rotisserie geek for a day, make all these trades, and the White Sox do nothing and don't win a division. So it is Christmas Eve. I hope the White Sox do something, and then Christmas morning comes and I get a bag of coal in my stocking. (laughs) Thus, this is Christmas Eve for me. Today is actually when um, our trade for my lovely Mariners uh, That's we'll a great trade. The Mariners have done great. Yeah, only one made one. They have absolutely stolen the Cincinnati Reds the last year and a half. That they have they have gotten Winker, 
to play left field. They have gotten um, the third baseman, Suarez. And Castillo is a huge trade piece in this. He he is the best player to be traded so far. That's what I'm being told. No, he <clears> is <throat> he is a game changer because he is he is more important come playoff time because he gives you the number one pitcher for every series now. So you become I, I thought beforehand I thought the Mariners would get in but lose in the first round. Now in a three-game small playoff that opens the playoffs for the wild card, they're not going to catch the Astros. Suddenly he wins game one. He flips the entire playoff series. He makes you a contender in the playoffs. Where I don't think I think you were a baseball team that was going to get in but not make a run. I think you're the third best team in the American League now. And I don't think I you're mean, done. I'd love that to be. What? I'd love that to be like the truth is that we were the third best baseball The Yankees team. are number one. Sorry, Astros yes. fans. The Yankees are number one. And I think the Astros are number two. And closing because the Trey Mancini trade is a great trade for the Astros. It is a great trade because they did, weren't getting any production out of Guriel. This gives them another bat. It also gives them an option to play first base, the outfield, and DH. And they're not done. They got no. they got the catcher uh, from the Red Sox, Vasquez. You had told me there's a tip out there that they might make another trade. Yes, Jake Odorizzi for uh, a lefty from the Braves. Yes, uh, Will Smith. It, I don't know how I forgot the name because I thought it was funny when I heard Will Smith, and I was like, no, I'm not. Oh, not, you should. Not the actor. You should be slapped for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you I didn't get that, did you? No. Oh, oh yeah, I got, it. I, got it right I got it. 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 I got it now. I try try to try to bring a little levity. My eyeballs to the was room. not. My eyeballs weren't awake to comprehend that. But that <laughs> that would be that would be a need. That would be a need trade. They would fill a selected need. Um. So you fill you fill the bat you need. You fill a need in the arm, and you get your catcher. That's not. That, that's a pretty good trade so far. If you if you clear all three of those, two of them are done. Third one, uh, that's a pretty good day, and you still got a day to do. I don't know what they would add. We're going to ask Brett Chancy at 8.30 if they're going to add anything else. He'll be the guy to know. But I would I would imagine they will be active. They will be as active as the Yankees are as active today. They will match them trade for trade if they need to. But I wonder if now they have a second eye on the on your Mariners. If they're like, hey, is that our second-round opponent? Because they're going to get a bye. The, the Astros are going to get a bye in the first round. Yes. So if that's the case... They're either going to play one of four teams, probably, and the Mariners are possibly one of them, and probably the best of the four. Wow, your Seattle Mariners came from nowhere. We did. So the trade deadline is is fascinating to me because the Yankees are the best team in baseball. They were going to win 110 games on pace, and they've made three trades for four players, essentially meaning they're going to have to cut Four players from a roster that was the best roster in baseball. And I'm still waiting for Joey Gallo to get traded out of New York. Um, and I'm still I still think the Yankees will do one other thing today. I think they will go for another pitcher somewhere. Probably a bullpen guy, but they'll try to get one more guy. They've gotten two bullpen pieces, a starting pitcher, and a starting outfielder in the last five days on a team that had was on pace to win 115 games. 
and have the best as the best player in the game right now in Aaron Judge. That's what good teams do. That's what the Dodgers do. That's what the Yankees do. And now the Astros are doing it. That's what you have to do if you want to win these things. I'm tired. I get tired of hearing about prospects. Prospects do nothing for you. They do not win you baseball games. They are bargaining chips at the poker table. Use them as needed to fill your hole for that year. Then rebuild your farm system and move on. I am not a kind of guy that believes, oh, I've got the best farm system in the world. Nobody, and I mean nobody, hangs a banner for having the best farm system in baseball. Use your prospects to get talent. That's me. And the Astros are now starting to do it. So as a Mar- I mean, all right, you're, you're the Seattle Mariners. You're a fan, Hannah. Yes. You've lost a lot of prospects in the last year and a half. Do you care? As long as you're winning? Sure. Yeah, I don't care. If I'm <laughs> winning, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, bro. As long as I'm winning. Yes. That, and that's, that's what I say is so. Because prospects are prospects. They aren't on my team. Don't help me win the game. No. And if they're that good, bring them up. Right. But they I, did with J-Rod. That's all we have. A fantastic outfielder. Yeah, well, he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt now because which may which may include you to make one more trade. I could see I could see the Astros adding Brandon Jury from the Reds. You seem to have a good relationship with the Reds. You seem to be fleecing them almost every trade. So I I think you may go back to them and say we need Drury for next couple weeks to fill in here, and then he can fill in other spots. He would be a good pick. He'd be a good final piece to your puzzle. Mm. So look for that. I'll or a that. similar type player. Got it. And look for the White Sox to do absolutely nothing and say, wow, we held on to our prospects. It's just what they do. It confounds me. Three years ago, we had the number three farm system. We didn't trade. We'd hung on to them. We advanced them all to the major leagues. We're now 500 <laughs> with all these guys, and we haven't won a title. So what what did the prospects do me? Nothing. Absolutely no good. Use them as bargaining chips. Go all in. Try to win. Try to win this year. Somebody in Chicago try to win this year. I mean, our our main goal this year, I think, is mainly just getting in the playoffs. And we well, you've to got be a, doing you've that. got a little bit of a drop so. to break. <laughs> so it's, what is it, two thousand and one? I think so. Yeah, it's a couple years. Yeah, just a little while. I I think I think you'll get in. You'll get in and do that. Now yeah. you're looking like a team that's going to make some noise in the playoffs. I know. Makes me excited. But I'm not going to like – but that's the difference. It's like foot – if something were to happen, the Astros just completely flunk for the rest of the season and somehow don't get in. Yes. Then, you know, foot will be upset. For me, just getting to the playoffs, I'll be happy for the season. Well, the, Ast- the Astros are playing for a championship. Yeah. They have to win – after last year and everything – they, you have to win the championship. You can't be happy with just making the playoffs if you're the Houston Astros. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you playing for? Because because you've done that. You've, you've even won a champion. You won a championship in 2017. You've been to another World Series. You've been in the playoffs every other year. You have to be playing for more than that. Yeah. You have to look at yourself. It's like the White Sox. They've been in the playoffs the last three years. Are they really just trying to get back? No. You have to take the next step. The Yankees know that they're playing against one thing, and that's winning a championship every year. 
and they're going to do whatever they can to win that championship. Yeah, like, I like be my that. team. I they're, like that. They're, they're playing uh, my Mariners right now. Yeah. I told uh, our one big, big fan of the Yankees, I'm like, just give you one game. You can win the other you two. You want to win tonight. You want to yeah. win tonight with your new pitcher. Right. I would love to win tonight. tonight as soon as he's pitching. But... And he's pitching against the Yankees' best pitcher, Garrett Cole. This yeah. is a this is a playoff game one preview tonight. Yay. If you win tonight, you send a message. Last night you didn't win. Yeah, I did not win. <laughs> but hey, put up runs. Yeah. That was the best. That's the most important part for me for all of these games. Look, you, didn't lose put up the, runs. you didn't lose to the Royals two to one like the White Sox. No. <laughs> White Sox come home. Two games out of first place. One game out of second place. Home game. Worst team in the league in division. Lefty pitcher on the mound, coming back from uh, a stint on the um, IL. And what do we do? We score one run at home when we should be playing for a, a playoff spot and be desperate. Ah, yeah. It's fine. Yuck. It's yuck. It's okay. So I, I think you're. At, I think the Astros are on pace. I think the Mariners are on pace. I think Toronto's on pace. That's four of the spots right there. Unfortunately, somebody's going to win the NL, the AL Central. That's five. So there's one playoff spot left. Damn. And it's it's going to be Tampa Bay or Cleveland or Baltimore now. I don't know. So there you go, Hannah. There's your baseball in a nutshell. But my a fun day for me because... Christmas time. I ask teams make moves when it hits four o'clock today or five o'clock. Sorry, that's a different time zones. Yeah. Um, when it hits five o'clock, I'll be more happy just because then it'll be over. Because well, you don't like there, it. There's I don't like it as about. much because there's a lot to talk about. But there's also the point of that. Then I you gotta keep going, and you don't even really know who your real roster is until after it's all done. So I'm like trading back and forth and this and that. And I, there's too much. <laughs> I need to be over so I can see what all happened, and There's then I can go much? from there. Yeah, well, I'll like talk about it whenever it's ago. over, and I can look and see what happened because my head will get jumbled up and talking about it as things are happening. As as of two years ago, you know, it wasn't over after the trade deadline. You oh. had the waiver trade deadline, so you could sneak guys and trade. No, more? no. Okay, you could good. sneak guys in. The trade deadline used to be in early July. Then you had the waiver wire, which is until like mid August. And that you could sneak guys in into trades in the waiver wire. And so it still consistently went on. I like this better. This is a hard deadline cap boom done today. Yeah. See, then I can go look at all the pieces. I'm like, all right, this went to here. That went there. Got it. What What I love is when the guy's playing the game and they have to pull him out of the game because they just traded him. Yeah, that would be annoying. See, that's why I know. <laughs> I know. That's happened. It's happened to where a guy has been pulled from a game and actually was going to trade to the team that he was playing. Well, he luckily my play. team doesn't play until six o'clock tonight, so we're no. Good. And you're the you're the biggest game on the on the docket today. Garrett oh, Cole, really? Luis Castillo, Yankee Stadium. What more do you want? A win. <laughs> That's the more I can't I want. beat Kansas City. So what do I care? Right, I mean the Astros just lost to the Red Sox yesterday. Yeah, that's gonna happen. The Astros are fine. 
Yeah, that is, they're totally okay. Like, see, this, like, the goal for the Astros is to win the championship. The goal for the Yankees is to win the championship. The, the Astros have to look at one thing, and that is, can we get a better record than the Yankees for the home field advantage in the playoffs? Yep. If they can do that, then it's a win. Everything, everything else doesn't matter. That that is win, get home field advantage, play the Yankees at home for a game seven, and you line up pretty good against the Yankees. You've beaten them this year if you're the Astros. You've had a good year against the Yankees. Can you finish it off? That's the question. Yeah, I, and that's I, I think they're good enough. I don't know. What do I know? I'm a White Sox fan. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3 and company. By the way, who is the company? Uh, well, technically it's all of our listeners, but really it's me. All right. How come I never get invited to be company? I could be a guest, but I'm I a mean, guest when nobody else is here for him. He's not here. I don't get to be company. Well, you talked to him about that. and uh, <laughs> I, will, I will complain about that. I want to be part of the company. Out. I mean, today I'm, I'm extra company because like, I'm, I'm the producer, but then I'm also... Yeah, but you're, the, like, you're part of the researcher, furniture. but I'm also like everything else. You're the most important so. part of this puzzle. Yeah. Aren't you? I, I hope so. You're the woman behind the man. I'm behind all the men. <laughs> what That's you true. Mean? That's true. <laughs> I'm the only woman. That's why here. I give you an opportunity to speak. Thank you. Thank to you get you your much. voice. Thank you. You are a woman. Hear you roar. Uh-huh. Isn't that the song? Um, sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I am You're not a Helen Reddy fan? Before your time. Yes, probably. All right. What, what's next? It's like a timeout. All right. Where's the music? I don't have music anymore. Oh. We took that away. Sadly. Really? Yep. I was not informed of this, so what do oh, I do? I'm sorry. Just say the outline. So we're going to take a timeout, and we'll be back on oh, okay. and Company <laughs> on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back for RP3 and company with Hannah Five Names. I I, I thought you were getting married. I, I, I am. I thought we'd have one name by now. No, uh, the wedding is April 15th of next year. We have 256 days. So who's counting? Who's counting? Yeah. Well, you, you, you shocked me with that no music thing. It's been a I'm while. I'm sorry. I, have, I didn't know I had to. I that's, thought you That's a lot more pressure for me to carry this show. Hey, if you uh, want to talk sports with us, it's 337-706-0111. You can pick the topic or we can talk football, Deshaun Watson, basketball or uh, college football. Um, we can talk baseball, trade deadlines. We can talk Saints. You're not a Saints fan, are you, Hannah? I am. Why? 
Or are you not? Uh, I'm a Bears fan. Come from Chicago. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're from Chicago. That's why. Saints have an interesting year coming up. Everything's Chicago. I I think that, uh, yes, except for the Cubs. I don't like the Cubs. Uh, Interesting year coming up for the Saints. A lot of questions, a lot of chances for it to be a very good year. Uh, What happens with Alvin Kamara? How does Michael Thomas fit? What's going on with Honey Badger? But if all the pieces fall into place, they're definitely a playoff team. Oh, yeah. I, think, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but I think they're a playoff team. I think with the first couple of games, you'll be able to tell maybe if they will be a Super Bowl team. But I think they're for sure a playoff team, especially with how close they were with their, all their troubles of health and Their defense is very and good and very year. solid. The quarterback is a question. I, I'm, I'm not a huge Jameis Winston fan, but he's better than what they had last year. Oh yeah, much better than what they had last year. Uh, so I, it's, but I, Michael Thomas is such a big part of it. Right. And he, he left in such a bizarre way. Sat out last year. There was a lot of conversations that he wasn't good with the team. Now, of course, he gets his paycheck and everybody's happy. Uh, but how does he fit in? Because if he fits in, it's a really good football team. Yeah. If I he think he does. Fit in. He seems like he does when you're watching the clips and stuff from. Yeah, that's camp. easy. What does he get upset if he doesn't get his touches? I guess that's that's the ultimate question because he's a guy that wants to be a high leverage guy. He wants the attention. If he doesn't get his touches early in a game, does he sulk? Does he or is he really happy to be back and playing football? And that's that's that will set the tone for a locker room. That yeah. can probably survive a whatever Kamara happens with the suspension. I think yeah, I think no matter what, they're still good, even with Kamara out. Um But they need Michael they have, Thomas. They need yeah, Michael Thomas is for sure a thing they think they need. Uh I mean they have also the Taysom Hill out with his ribs and then you have they said the Tyron Matthew thing, which for him to be out this long and it to be a uh, still as a family matter. It makes me wonder is what kind of family matter would be taking Is it a family matter or is it a personal matter that he has to clear up something right. in Kansas City? There's talk that it might be that. There's talk that it might. You know, when you come home, when you're a professional athlete and you come home. It's very hard to come back. There's out. a lot of other things that happen because you're not isolated away from what you grew up. And. It doesn't always work out. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. He's still very good. He's still very young. Um, but they're going to need him in the in the secondary. If for nothing else, they need him to be a stabilizing force in a group that uh, gave up a lot of gave up a lot of big plays. Too many big plays. Saints defense was good last year, except for the big plays. Uh, they were really hard to run the football on. I thought they got after quarterbacks, but they did give up some long plays, and that's where he can kind of settle everybody back down and, and understand the game. Yeah, I think it's just a rare to see. I think it's the first real game. I'm, I'm not counting the real game as the one in London. That's not a real game. Why not? Because it's dumb. Why? Because why do you got to go to a whole different country to play a football game? And people that don't aren't from another country either. Money. If someone was from Money. Country, 
Oh, you think you get that much money for playing at six o'clock in the morning? Yeah, they get a lot of money. <laughs> the league. The, Who's be watching the, the that? The one thing. The one thing the NFL. The people there. It's not about. Forget about the money. Forget about the people watching games. If the NFL had its way, it would not have fans. Probably. These are made for TV games. It's also made to market your product and your T-shirts and your sweatshirts and your jerseys to a whole different audience in a whole different country. That's that's what going to different countries is about. It's about mm-hmm. the marketing value, and that's why they're going to play in, in uh, Germany and that because that's a whole new market that opens up for NFL properties. And don't think it doesn't because that's what it is. I don't know. It's business. The NFL is not going to do anything that doesn't make them money. Never has, never will. We'll get into that Whatever. next segment. How's that? We'll get into that okay. next segment. Right now, 103.7 The Game Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Trade Madness, Houston Astros. We'll be back after this. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team in Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, bathrooms, and man caves. LMG also is offering custom shower installations. That's right. No muss, no fuss, low-maintenance, grout-free showers. Visit their website, lmgelite.com, today to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. That's Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, Earn it, they will. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with the latest Houston Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles, surprising Baltimore Orioles, on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register at The Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butchery, Butcher AC, Lamert, Houston, downtown, the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. <laughs> what, what, what was that? I got. Lay Meridian Hotel. Lay Meridian. Oh, Lay Meridian. Yeah. Wow. Lay Meridian Hotel, Houston, downtown. You're there laughing you at that. You no. love when I do reads, don't you? Yes. You, you get a kick out of. You, you forced me to do these things. That's yes. Lay Meridian. Mm-hmm. Be a professional, Jim, and read it beforehand, and perhaps you will get that right. <laughs> All right, Jim Gazzola in for RP3 and company on this Tuesday morning. It's hot. It's trade deadline day. It's NFL decision time. 
College football starts tomorrow. Are you excited, Hannah? College football starts tomorrow, really. We got teams are actually meeting today, and they have practice tomorrow. I mean, our practice doesn't start till Thursday for the Cajuns, but I am still excited for But it football. starts tomorrow. Yes. I'm still excited about college I know football. the Cajuns don't start an extra day. They wait a day. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, now you just you just kind of. That's, oh, I guess that would that would be called a buzzkill right there. No, it's not. Anyway, it starts this week. It does. Starts McNeese week starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. LSU starts tomorrow. Brian Kelly's first day. Uh, Gary Goss' first day. Coach D's first day is coming up for the Cajuns. High expectations for your Cajuns? I think so. I mean, we have the longest winning streak in the nation. Yes, you do. I, I'm i mainly excited because it's someone they promoted within. I am never that big of a fan of somebody from the outside because they don't, don't Why? exactly – Because they don't exactly know – what we've done in the past. Well, the, 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 the two, inside. Uh, let me say this: the yes. two differences is, if you're a place like LSU or McNeese that needed to blow it up inside. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Cajuns in a different. They're actually they they're not picking a disaster up. They had a very good year last year. Yeah. They're trying to build from, so staying within makes sense there. Um, yeah. For the others, it made sense to go out because they had to blow it up. That is very true. So it I depends think, on what you're looking at. So I get your point on that. But he's got to replace Billy Napier, who took this program to another level. Yeah. And now takes himself to another level in the University of Florida. I think he's got a lot of holes that he's got to fill. He's got talent to fill it with. But there's a lot of pieces to a new puzzle whenever you're a new coach. There is. And that's what I think makes every fan base a little nervous is when you have to fill in pieces. You have to kind of not fully reconfigure you're fully reconfiguring for McNeese and for LSU but when it comes to the Cajuns who are already in a good place and they're promoting within the guy that's been there for a while that knows what's going on I think having to reconfigure is not going to be as difficult for them I think it'll probably be taking the first two or three games to do so but I don't think it's going to be terrible when trying to get all the pieces like reconfigured and get the close piece well, together they're, they're they're the replacing of the quarterback is the key for him because he yeah. was such a big part of that offense he was and such a big part of the program that their running backs were very good and their running backs are going to be good again they have a staple of good running backs they have a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are very good that should kind of soothe them into next year or this year got to replace the quarterback with a guy who can do multiple things now. I mean, this is, in a way, LSU, UL, and McNeese are all very similar. Have to replace the head coach, have to replace the quarterback, have to find a guy that is the leader that can run the program. At the same time, the coach is establishing himself. That's a little tougher to do. Um, Obviously, the pressure at LSU is immense. There's a lot of pressure at UL. Because this is now a program that assumes it's going to be winning from years to come. And there's pressure at McNeese, in my mind, because that is all about can you get to the next level at FBS. We could do – I don't want to bore fans from other areas, but we could do a whole segment on McNeese's year and what it means for their future. Go ahead. Well, to me, their biggest game of the year is game two at Rice. 
And why is that? Well, here's the thing. They open up at Montana State, number two team in the country on FCS. I imagine they'll get beat. When they come back, they play Rice at Rice. They want to go to Conference USA. Rice is in Conference USA. How do you play against them? Can you compete on that level in the first year of a head coach? In other words, are you going to get bludgeoned 38 to nothing? Or are you going to be competitive and play well against a middle-of-the-pack to lower-end FC uh, Conference USA team? And secondly is, optics mean everything in their chance to get up, move up. So if you want to move up and you can draw 2,500 or 3,000 people to the Rice football game from McNeese, from Lake Charles, all of a sudden you become an optically good program for uh, Conference USA because you become a travel team. You show that you would travel there. You would travel to Louisiana Tech. Uh, you have a stadium that could, could can fill 17,000, 18,000. Sam Houston State won the FCS championship two year, or in the spring of 2021. Came back, drew about 7,500 people a year, a game. That's all. 7,500 people and are moving up to Conference USA. If McNeese can draw 15,000 this year, now that they're back playing on at night night games, they are ultimately a much better optics program to move up than Sam Houston. Now, if you could compete and be competitive against an FBS school like Rice, you've shown that you can play with them. McNeese is at an interesting point because of the Hurricanes. They're going to have a great – when it's done, their facilities are going to be better than just about anybody's on Conference USA because they're all new again. So, optically, they look very good to a new conference. So, that's why the, there is so much pressure on them this year. That's a money pressure. UL's pressure is to stay in that level. Right. And be a, a team that people are – that they have become – and LSU's level is to get up with Alabama. <laughs> and that's not a that that's they're not somebody I would say. The, the most pressure in the country is always going to be on the Notre Dame head coach, but there's a lot of pressure on Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> six and six like last year isn't going to cut it. No, it's not. And I don't think the LSU fans will want that. No, they're they're going to give him one or two years, and we're gonna have we're gonna have a. At 8 o'clock, we're going to have Kevin Guidry on, and he's going to talk about he's a former player. He's very close to the program. He's going to talk about the expectations at LSU and what his expectations are for the new coach. I and it's you. not to go 6-6. Six and six. No, I think there's, there, like you said, there is total pressure on each of those teams. Having new head coaches always brings pressure, and I think it's going to be a very much a learning season. For most of Louisiana, or for our, yes. around us, so I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, mainly because not even because of the football of actually you know watching football because that is fun to watch, but just watching to see how the coaches do in calling plays and take care of their team yeah. and where they move them forward and how they grow. I think that's the main focus. I think it's not even as much you want to win, obviously, yeah. but like you know, there's not. The chances of winnings of some games 
aren't as high because it is new coaches where they're like, oh, well, this is how this guy did it, so we're going to win this game by this much because it's how this guy played. No. But now we have new coaches for these three schools, so it's going to be a little bit different on no, – okay, No fan, no fan base. I don't think any fan – I don't think LSU's fan base thinks they're winning the national championship this year. I don't think UL's no. think – and I don't think McNeese thinks championships. What they want to see is progress right. on, on, on at LSU, progress at McNeese, and they want to see stability at UL. Yeah. Can we sustain what we've obtained? That is and that's question. if they can do it, then that is a huge success for Coach D. It is. I think. And but you know, it, it does get a little old that it's always the New Orleans Bowl, doesn't it? Yeah. It's very yeah, boring. It's just, it's, yeah, give me something else. Like that's all I went to whenever I was like, growing up. That's all I went to was always the New Orleans Bowl and it was always UL and most likely losing at Tech playing. Yeah, um, you know, but going to it, it was still fun going it, to yeah, the New Orleans Bowl because I, you know, I did go for marching band because I was and New Orleans is fun. But I, I did much rather when we went the year before, even though the Miami Ohio people were just completely rude. Oh, they were very mean to us, and they're like Midwestern we're, we're people, Midwestern like, folk. They were saying what they were saying during the parade, and like their players were talking about us like us as like the band and i'm like dude we have a better record than you try again the band yeah they're talking bad about us i'm like we're literally just they were trash ma- talking the band yes wow what? and it was a, i wasn't even like it was some of the fans but it was also like some of the players i'm like dude one we our our band kind of looks better than yours and two you're talking about us and we have a better record than you do so band smack i like it yeah i was People are like, you gotta stop talking because they're at some point they're going to hear you. I said, so. It's fine. I like it. Band smack. Only um. here on the game. 1037 <laughs> Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros and Hannah Band Smack. More of it when we come back. RP3 doesn't play around when it comes to his personal life. I got one NFL team. I got one college team. I got one Major League Baseball team. And the big fella's also monogamous when it comes to his sports fandom. That's what I got my merch for. That's who I support. Period. Call me old-fashioned. Be in. Call me old-fashioned. That's fine. I'll be old-fashioned. RP3 is just committed to providing you with great sports talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana. Sports Station. Jim Gazzola back for RP3 and company with Hannah Five Names and Band Smack. Classic. A classic moment we ended with. I didn't know I didn't know you guys got into it that much. I must admit that. Oh yeah. I like What'd you play? The flag. <laughs> wow. Dead silence. <laughs> Here, I think it was like trumpet or something. In a, no, you can't talk as much smack if you're like so playing. You had, so you not only talk smack, you had a weapon. Yeah, I had a flag. We supposed to have rifles, but we didn't. We're supposed to have um, rifles. Right. Yeah. Now you're going to talk smack with guns. Well, because they were just talking smack and they're like, they're, uh, they're saying something about our team and like how we're not going to win or whatever. I, and I'm I like, never knew the mm. I never knew the New Orleans Bowl meant that much. Well, I mean, you think about it for. Going like in high school, I was on. I was in color guard all four years of high school. I was able to do only the first two years here at UL because of 
you know, I was an overachiever, so I was already a senior by my third year of college. So, you know, I didn't have as much time to do band. So, you know, I had to quit doing that. But, you know, you have to watch the football game to really understand what's going on, to know when you play this certain song and, you know, every down has a certain song you play and then you have a list of other songs that are like the full songs you have to play. So then you can remember, okay, well, what dance is this? And then you do this and then like, it's just a whole lot of stuff. You get to actually know what's going on in the football game. So you get into it. And then, of course, I've, you know, been a UL fan since uh, at least high school Ow. because my... Why? How are you? Now, where did you go to high school? I went to Slidell High School. So you're from New Orleans and you're a UL fan? I'm from Slidell, but I'm a Cajun fan, yes. My cousin and then Not both his parents. No. Both of his parents went to... Uh, UL as well. So when I did showcase for band, I I'm, came to Cajun Field. I every just assumed year. you'd be an LSU fan from there. Yeah. I mean, my my uncle is because he's you know. Wednesday I assumed everybody in the state was a, an LSU fan at some point. I mean, yeah, I basically kind of was because I didn't get to watch as many of the Cajun. It's all games, about LSU, but... isn't it? I mean, yeah. How did you how did you keep up with the Cajuns back then? Because they, they weren't on TV as much. No, I kind of watched, like, highlights and stuff. My brother would play them. Like, as soon as I – like, I wrote in my freshman letter to my senior self, I wrote my letter that I was going to go to UL. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. What? You wrote a freshman letter to your senior self. Yeah. Like, a freshman year, he wrote – like, second day of school, we all wrote a letter to our senior self. We were in our freshman year, so senior year. Did you year, keep that? Have you kept that? At my mom's house. I don't have it with me over here in Lafayette, but I I want to hear that. <laughs> I basically, it said who I was with, which I'm not no long. I'm no longer with that person, obviously. You were um, with someone as a freshman. Yep. The second day of freshman, I would have said, "I hope I find the bathrooms." Oh no! Man. That would have been personal. Like, by now, I hope you found the bat. That'd be my my letter to my my senior year would have been. By now, Jim, I hope you have found the bathrooms. There was probably something funny in there at some point. I don't remember all of it. It wasn't funny. That was serious. Oh, you really? Oh yeah. I was, no. <laughs> I was just scared I wouldn't find the bathroom on time. Oh no! I figured everything out. Who was um, I very with? Quickly. Well, I did. I did marching band. So because of that, I knew where everything was before school started because we had band camp. For like two weeks. But no, I wrote in there who I was with. I wrote in who my best friends were. One of them is still my best friend. I made of honor my wedding. Um, I don't and even then I remember wrote, who my best friends were at the end of high school. Oh, mine were still the same from the beginning of the year to the end of senior no, year. It's, no, that wouldn't have. Yeah, we're going on uh, nine years now. But no, um, I wrote in there I was going to go to... University of Louisiana at Lafayette for broadcasting communications and I still did that and I actually put in there that I was going to be a criminal justice minor which I was so I have a conflict so you actually just outlined your life basically at the age of 13 yeah and you lived up to it Uh uh-huh wow I would (laughs) have I would have been I was going to play third base for the White Sox I was going <laughs> to – mine would not have worked out so well. 
How's that? Mine would not have worked out so well. The game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros and Hannah's freshman year of high school reminiscence. I'll be back after this on RP3. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3, better known as Jim G1. I don't, I don't got one yet. I got to come up with one. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're big in the chuck. I'm from the chuck, so just remember that we're big in the chuck. Strange, strange first hour here. Got into a topic of band smack and Hannah's. <laughs> well, well, how would I put this? Letter to herself. Yes. It almost sounds like a, I don't know, Hallmark movie. Letters to myself. That could be. Could be a good Hallmark movie. <laughs> He's sure. Bottom of the hour. We're going to talk McNeese's hope to go to the FBS and all things McNeese. Uh, then at uh, 8 o'clock, my good friend Kevin Guidry, uh, former LSU defensive back, going to talk about LSU football. So join us 10 at 103.1 Lafayette, Whoa. 104. Wait a minute. I always will. <laughs> 1037. 1037. Lafayette. Lafayette 1041 One. Lake Charles. There we go. <laughs> there, I, this is why you love me, Hannah, because <laughs> my mess ups crack you up. Yes, especially. Because I don't do this every day. Call don't. us at 337 706 Let us know you're awake, alive, and, t- and ready to talk sports with us. All right, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Okay. You're going to love this. The NFL, in its infinite wisdom, says we're tired of being blamed. Because we don't suspend people enough. We want to put the hammer down, but we don't want the public outcry. So we're going to hand this off to a third party. And former federal judge Sue L. Robinson comes back with a six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson despite 24 lawsuits and and more allegations against him on sexual misconduct. She hands down a six-game suspension, which sets the precedent of every lawsuit brought against future NFL players earns you one-quarter suspension, apparently. That's our math on this. And now the NFL is stuck with, do we accept this? Or do we have 24 to 48 hours to appeal it ourselves, thus go against ourselves, go against and put us back in the spotlight of what we exactly didn't want to do and be the judge and jury to correct this. First of all, are people out there upset with only six games? I thought he'd get a year. So six games is like a gift to me. And he says he's not going to appeal at the present time. Why would you? (laughs) You thought you were going to be out a year. Yeah, and, and I, I the Browns are winners. 
Yeah, I think the Browns came out on top on this because, yes, with 24 allegations, I myself, if I was the judge and jury, would definitely be saying for the year. The year he's That's got, a lot. He's gone for the, without question, in my mind, he's gone for the year. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the idiots in Cleveland look stupid because they said we, got, we wanted an adult in the room and we, we traded away Baker Mayfield for a guy that's going to be suspended here. Now they look like, hey, we got our quarterback in the future and we're going to cost us six games. That's a pretty smart move. Yeah. And, but what I don't get is the NFL doesn't seem to – can't do anything right when it comes to player punishment. I, it, it, all you got to do is say we have a zero tolerance – this is for this. This is for this. Outline it. Deal with it with the union and get it settled to where you never have to have this conversation ever again because the automa- the suspensions are automatic based on what you've already set up with, with the union. Why make it arbitrary? Why is every case arbitrary? First time suspension, X number of games. Second time suspension, X number of games. But instead we've got this bizarre... Well, we don't want to be the bad guy. And Ezekiel Elliott, we got six games and people thought we got. He essentially, Deshaun Watson essentially got the same suspension as Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. And that leaves us with what to expect for Alvin Kamara and the Saints. Kamara is at some point in time going to have a hearing, isn't he? On his on the fight <laughs> and his battery charges in Las Vegas in the off season, it has been backed up three times. When when's the next time you said September 29th? It was originally for I think believe March eighth, and then March it 8th. went to our August first, and then 1st. now it's September 29th. So we could have gotten it cleared up before the season. Uh huh. Could have gotten it cleared up during training camp. Yep. And now we're into what week three of the season. I believe so. That's what it is. So, yeah. Uh, the wheels of justice turn quite slowly. Which, uh, that is a quite great segue slowly. to bring us to our poll question of the day, which is, will Saints running back Alvin Kamara ever go to court with his third pushback on September 29th? We have yes, no, and eh, how about never? Uh, right now, leading <laughs> the vote, we have 53% say yes. 29% say no, and 18% say, eh, how about never? Uh, Hart says, we're basing it off of the NFL's history with the Saints. He'll be found out not guilty or settle the case and get suspended two years. I'm in no way a Falcons suspended. or Calvin Whoa. Ridley. <laughs> Calvin Ridley fan, but for his punishment to be more severe than Deshaun seemed like a slap in the face to everyone involved. What? Well, that's a little Saints paranoia right there, I think. But um, I, I would imagine he's alluding to Bounty Gate with that. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny, though. Um, he's not going to get two years, obviously. But I don't know what the I don't know what the NFL considers bad actions anymore. Uh, not the what, they, what, <laughs> what they want to consider bad actions. Camara's. I think that I think it's depending on what all that happened. I think he will probably settle. When you yeah. push things back this much, maybe there's a settlement going on, maybe there's a plea bargain going on. But how does the NFL react to that? 
do they I mean are, do they feel like we needed to go through the court system so we know how to punish him because they don't seem to be getting anything right all they even know what to do is right so I think they are, I think that. the NFL is stunned today that Deshaun Watson got six games from a federal judge probably are um, a female federal judge. <laughs> so, Darren Francis says, with the Saints luck, everything will happen around September or November, and the NFL will make th- their decision to affect the Saints around the playoffs. No command for the playoffs. He also messaged me and said... Well, he's at least got him in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the, he also messaged me and said that your nickname should be Jimmy G from LC. Wow. <laughs> That is not a, that is not part of the poll question we thought was coming up. But okay, Jimmy G from LC. I, mean, I like it. Uh, John works. Paul Cajun Daddy says even if even if he settles with the victim and he does not testify, the prosecutor still has the video. And JBK the OD says should just cut a deal and get it over with now. They're playing into Roger Goodell's hands. He'll be able to suspend him for the playoff run late season, and then it has. Um, Gosh, Spock. There we go. Uh, from Star Trek, and it says double face palm. Yeah, it's up in the head. Yes. All right, folks. Saints fans, <laughs> stop. There is not Thanks. a huge conspiracy against the Saints. I'm Bounty really... Gate was poorly handled, but also you were told six, seven times by the league, stop. And you didn't stop. You have to look at it at the league standpoint on that. They were trying. They were trying to settle lawsuits about head concussions. At the same time, you're telling people go out and crack the guy's head. You can't have both. Did it cost you a season? Yeah. Did it make for a very bad Kevin James movie? Yes. <laughs> but other than that, have you actually watched it? Yeah, I watched it when it first came. Where out. is it at? It's on Netflix, right? Uh yeah. Okay, I'll, maybe I'll watch that tonight. Nah, uh, no. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I won't. I Hey, it's okay to watch it, yes. but don't feel like you have to watch it. But I feel like I have to watch it because people say how bad it is. It's bad. I want to like watch for myself. It was, uh, it was bad. <laughs> the problem with the, the movie was he, he made nothing fit. I mean, he's in his office. Sean Payton's in his office, and the Superdome is behind him. Well, I don't. I don't think his offices are in the city of New Orleans. Uh, they practice. They don't practice in New Orleans. Um, no. There's. They they make it seem like he's really kind of a weird character. It's just just a weird. And the guy that played. I mean, the character that um, married his wife afterwards is uh, it's <laughs> just a weird show. It's a weird movie. I don't know. I don't I, No, don't feel like you have to watch that movie. But Saints fans, the conspiracy part is enough. Kamara on video is beating up the guy. He deserves some type of suspension. Now, you do get into if Watson gets this, have you set a precedent? I think Kamara... If Watson, I thought he was. I thought Kamara should get six games. Now that Deshaun Watson has the six games, he probably deserves two. 
Yeah, I think when you compare, like you, you shouldn't compare because there are two separate incidents. But if you look at what happened, which I think you kind of you kind of have to compare instances to see what's worse. I think having twenty four sexual assault allegations against you is a lot worse than getting into a fight with somebody else and you're both well, intoxicated. Getting uh, uh, a drunken fight and having sexual assault allegations come upon you. I think those are well, two different things. I think the you can ar- you can argue one was a momentary lapse in judgment. Yes, and one was a consistent pattern. Yes. And so, yeah, in that case, the consistent pattern is much worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, but again, is what messages are you sending if you're the NFL with the fact that you don't want to do the judgment anymore? You want to wash your hands of this, and now it comes back on your lap anyways where you can come back and say that wasn't enough. Yeah. So I now it looks like different. now it looks like you're, you're, you gave up that right, and you're, you're trying t- to it's, it like, it's like you're a parent – you said, I'll let your mother decide. Your mother decides, but you don't think it's enough, so the dad comes in and lays another hammer down. Yeah. Then why didn't you do that in the first place? Yeah, I think... If you're going to lead, lead. That That's kind of mine, is if you're going to be a leader, lead. Yeah, I think you, you have to get to decide. You have to pick. Because you can't go and say, you know, I don't want to put my hands in this. I don't want you to wash your hands of it and have the courts decide. Because, you know, people already say that I'm biased or I am yeah, you know, you're, conspiring yeah. at certain certain teams, then you don't want to have your hands in it. That's great. Do that and have a set system where, like, hey, this is what our policy is right now. You go with what your judgment is, what you, you usually would as a court judge, and decide what, you know, the punishment should be per incident. But you can't. You shouldn't have the ability to try to appeal it afterwards. Well, no, no, the judge well, here, says it. The judge said that's it. Yeah, I mean, say, play this out against Kamara. Say, say a, a judge comes back and says Alvin Kamara gets one game. All right, you said that that's the judge's call. Now you come back and say that's not enough. We're going to give him four games. Now you look like you are going against them. That you are piling on and you are picking and choosing, and there is a conspiracy theory there. You've opened yourself up to more and more and more second guessing. But that's the NFL. Ha, I don't know. I, 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 that, that to me is make your decision and move on and be the leader or don't be the leader. But don't come back and it's, it's almost like we're in double jeopardy in the court system. That, does that make sense? We're in double jeopardy in the court system. And you're not supposed to have double jeopardy. We got to take a break right now. Uh, do we have Mike on the phone? Uh, can we get to Mike real quick? Mike, real quick, uh, before the break, uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I think you guys, you probably know better, but I would not assume that the the six games is the end-all, be-all. I believe the NFL has three days to appeal. Yes. And Article 46 with... Uh, Commissioner Goodell says that he can appeal that, you know, and and give a different length suspension. Yes. I think the NFL is going to wait probably 24 hours because they're an imaging well, company. Here, here's the problem. The here's public the, outcry is. Here's the problem with that, Mike, though. You, and that's what I just said is I'm okay with that, but you've already said you don't want to do that. You've given it to a third party because you didn't want to be responsible. Now you're saying – okay, I'm going to be responsible in the end. 
then why weren't you responsible at the beginning? Why did yeah, we have but, to have the extra step? But the, but the NFL has done that before. Yeah. The lady that, that ruled on the Zeke Elliott case worked for the NFL. Now, she no longer works for the NFL because she ruled against them. Yes. There was an individual arbitrator in the Tom Brady case in Displaygate that worked for the NFL. So I would not uh, – now, this lady, I understand, is does not work for the NFL. Yeah. And by the ruling, and she may have collusion with the NFLPA, but I am curious to see what's going to happen in the next 48 hours. I seriously doubt six games is going to be the end-all, be-all, though. I, I, I do, too, but I'm just saying this. The NFL said they went to the arbitrator outside the NFL for the first time because they didn't want to be a part of the ruling process. Now they're still in the ruling process. So what, what, what did we gain by going to a third arbitrator? Well, it, let, let me ask you this. I know you're up against it, but if, that's, if the NFL does not want to be part of that, why is there an amendment in Article 56 that the, that the NFL commissioner can still make a ruling? That's, a great, that's also a great question. And what does the NFLPA think of that? Because well, it, not, they're not, not they that, say they're I not going to the next CBA. Yeah. They're going to take some of that power out. Of I would the imagine they would. But for right now, they said they're not going to appeal. But you know, if Goodell goes over, they're going to appeal. Yeah. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to probably wait later into today or even tomorrow. Because they want to, they're going to gauge public opinion. Now, the yeah. courts don't have to use public opinion. They have to use law. Yeah. But the NFL cares about image. This looks terrible right now. Oh, terrible. It's been on the news for the, a year. And I think that if the public outcry is negative, the NFL will correspond accordingly. Well, it's gonna, it, it, it's, they're going to get heat to do more. There's going to be heat to do more. And, yes, and so I, I would assume he'll come back with, a, a, a stiffer punishment, and then we're going to see the whole NFLPA system go into action. All right, I got I got to go to break, but thanks, Mike, for the call. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros baseball. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. I'm married, but I have blues anyway. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Ma Bell's Kitchen. You, but you can only, or also a $50 gift certificate to Arcadiana Bar and Grill. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. I even caught Hannah's little note on the side. What do you think of that, Hannah? Not the greatest, but we're getting better. We're getting better. Especially at Mabel's Kitchen. What do I call her? Ma Bell's? Yep. Why do I do that? Why do I read it, Ma Bell, like I'm, like I'm back reading Dr. Seuss? In thir- I, I, I don't know. These things give me anxiety. I'm sorry. I have no anxiety. I can read. Can we do it tomorrow? Can we do it we'll do it better week? tomorrow. I'll do it better tomorrow. We'll okay. be fine. All right. But I, I just, I haven't seen all these... <laughs> One of those one of those things is in uh, 
My former hometown of Vic, of uh, where did I used to live? Abbeville. Oh, okay. I lived in Abbeville for six months after the hurricane. Good for you. Good for me. It's <laughs> highly exciting, wasn't that? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Hannah, for being excited about where I used You're to live. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, we talked about it. Alvin Kamara. Yes. Is how much playing time do you think he'll see? And how much playing time does he have to see for the Saints? Two game. You can live without two games. Yeah. I think you can. You can live without three games, but it, after that, uh, the the Saints are an interesting team in as much as I want to see what Michael Thomas brings. That's all. I, w- I want to see how that locker room reacts to Michael Thomas. That's what everybody wants. Everyone wants to see what he's going to do if he's actually going to play. Because you can get the rumors, you can see that he's practicing at training camp, but do you actually what's going play on. at the, in the game? How does he That's fit into, and how does Dennis Allen handle all this as a first year coach? Uh, we we have we do not know what's going to happen there. We think we know what the defense is going to look like because he was the defensive guy. Defense should be about the same. It looks good, Tyron Matthew. Once he gets back, let's see. But the def- I think their defense is going to be good. I think this all comes down to can they score enough points and what does Jameis Winston look back after uh, his injury? I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times. But it, that, that to me, is the ultimate in what's going on. But it, it all starts for sure pretty quick. And, and you, you seem – Saints fans seem to think this is a good year for us. Carolina's down. Atlanta's a disaster. Um, and you beat Tampa Bay every time you play them. <laughs> Except in the playoffs. So – Everything looks pointing towards this could be a very good year for the Saints. I think they'll make the playoffs. How far they go in the playoffs, I I know this is going to really irritate Saints fans. Rams are good. And the Rams got better with Robinson. Um, The 49ers will be interesting. The Packers will be, I don't know what to make of the Packers. I never know what to make of the Packers. The Cowboys, I, I don't know what to make of the Cowboys. I think this is Mike McCarthy's last year if he doesn't win, and I think Sean Payton goes to the Cowboys next year, and that's going to irritate the Saints fans because I think that's that's where we're headed. Do you want to see? Do you want to see Sean Payton in Dallas, Anna? No. Do you want to see him anywhere else coaching football? No. High school. Go ahead. Do you? <laughs> Go ahead. Just do you want to? Do you want to hear him on TV? Do you want to hear what he has to say? Do you I think don't he'll know. be a good announcer? Drew Brees um, was not a good announcer. Yeah, he he tried, but no. He tried. Um, he tried. Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his heart. He tried. No, he just look. Does he know football? Yeah. Could he? I, I think he would have been a better kind of guy. They swing to in questions on a set and not kind of have to lead the set. Um, but he he wasn't. He didn't do well on Notre Dame football. And that's kind of your prerequisite to NBC Sunday night, I guess. But I don't even football's gonna be all over the place. Amazon's got football. I, Prime who all has football? Where is Troy Aikman on football now? Is is he the Amazon Thursday night guy? I uh, I don't that's know. That's a good question. Uh Joe Buck is on ESPN, I think. I don't know where anybody is. 
Okay. Doesn't matter. It's only I only care where Michaels is, but I, I just I think it's a fascinating thing that we, we're going to be at football all over the place on TV, and I don't know who's announcing what <laughs> as, we, as we as we come forward. I don't even know where so, Sean Payton is. As of March twenty first, on on oh. USA Today, Troy Aikman is an NFL <laughs> analyst for ESPN. There you go. Really? Yep. All right. Of this year, by the way. I Marshall thought I thought he was year. doing Thursday night prime games. I didn't I, I didn't know that. No. That I shows what I know. What All right, we're gonna take our <laughs> last break. When we come back after the break, Heath Sawyer joins us. McNeese State, we're gonna talk all things FBS. And can he get there after this on the game? 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston S. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Jim Gazzolo back for RP3 on this Tuesday morning. Right now joining us on the phones is our good friend, Athletic Director, Heath Schwer of Ingney State. Coach, you there? I'm here, Jim. What's going on, buddy? What happened to your breakfast meeting? Hey, you know what? I got stood up. How about that? Here's a guy that here's, here's a guy, folks, that comes to breakfast. Invite right in front of me will invite nine people to breakfast and not invite me. Oh, you're so full of it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen hey, it. Thus, it's a part of thus it. Thus you have, thus you're on the radio. You're so full of it. I love it. Ah. all right. I got lots of questions for you. I haven't I haven't been in this seat in a while. I haven't had you on yep. in a while. I always get interesting into this with you. Most importantly, I, I'm going to cut to the chase now. Yep. Uh, you saved the Southland Conference. You've saved McNeese here. You've done all this stuff. How close are you to getting to FBS football? <laughs> we're a lot, um, I think we're closer than we were a year ago. Um, we have to, you know, the press box obviously is a huge deal. Um, and, uh, you know, that we're obviously fighting with insurance and FEMA, but that's going to come. Um but we're, I mean, I don't know. We're closer now than we were, you know, a year or so ago. That's, but that's still sure. the goal. Even with all um, the Southland stuff, that's the goal, right? 100%. I mean, our, our goal ultimately, and, and I made this very, you know, clear through the negotiations with uh, the Southland, is, is that's, that is our goal is to, uh, is to become an FBS football playing member. And, um, you know, we hope that happens. If, if it doesn't, I mean, we're going to make, we're going to, you know, our job is to win championships and, and win games and uh, no matter what league we're in. And uh, we've got to figure out how to do that in all of our sports, in particular the two revenue sports. More, more than anything else, I, I think people kind of get into how important or important and fans don't really understand, economically speaking, mm-hmm. in today's world, how important is it to get to FBS? Oh, I think it's, I think it's beyond critical. And, and, and it's really – it's the simplest example is this. So – you know, all the things that are moving with college football right now, um, you know, right now we're able to get, uh, like next year, we play Florida, uh, an SEC school, and we get $500,000. Well, I think when all this shakes out, I'm not so sure the Power Fives are going to be able to play FCS members yeah. for football. Okay? Um, not saying they won't, but there, there's a real argument that they won't. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Correct. If you're an FBS member, like if if McNeese plays Florida, we get five hundred thousand dollars. If Louisiana Monroe 
goes to play Florida, they can get two million dollars. Yeah, it's that it's it is it's that different. And so if you do two of those, you're, you're looking at a five million dollar line item that goes into your uh, operating budget from day one. Um, it, it just it's 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 apples and oranges. Um, you know, look at and people will say, well, you know, Monroe hasn't been as successful or what have you. You can make an argument that that is true. Monroe has been offered to come back to the Southland for five years, and every single time they say absolutely not. Well, if it was that bad up there for them, why would they not come back, right? It is pure economics. And also I believe that when you look at the school right down the road, um, Lafayette, everyone thought that they were crazy 15 years ago, whenever it was, when they made the jump. And you know what? They struggled for a while. Now they're on ESPN on Thursday nights. Their enrollment yeah. is through the roof. Um, they're playing in, in real bowl games. Um, they're paying their football coach over a million dollars a year. They are a viable FBS member um, in the top 25. And you can go back and say 25 years ago, UL and, and McNeese, McNeese was better. Yeah. And I mean, 100%. But, you know, they made the move, and every a lot of people thought they were crazy, but they saw what was coming ahead 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think it's really important for us um, to, to make sure we are prepared. And we have to be prepared with having the right coaches. Um, we have to win, but our facilities need to be right. Our funding needs to be right. Our funding has, get, has gotten better um, since I've taken over. The amount of money that our athletic department is, is generating is, is up a lot um our fundraising is up a lot and all of that is not only for us to be successful and compete at our level but it's also to get ourselves prepared if and when uh, an opportunity uh comes in you know to to an fbs playing member Uh, earlier today on the show i asked i said this about your your season this year which has starts with two tough games at montana Mm -hmm. state and at rice I said Rice is the bigger game because in this in this instance, they play in the conference you want to get in, Conference USA. So they're optically will show you what you can do and how you play against them. But also, secondly, is if you can draw and send a good crowd there, you are showing Conference USA that you would be a good financial partner for them, aren't you? I think I think all those make a lot of sense. I think all those. Uh... Um, I think, I think, I think you're right on, you know, I don't think it's the end all be all, but for sure, um, you know, competing well against rice or, you know, having a chance to win a game, um, having a large contingent of people go over there for sure. I mean, I've said it all along and kind of tongue in cheek on our show, but, um, it really is true. I, I just, I don't think McNeese has ever really branded themselves um, and realize what we have and what we are and what, and more importantly, what we can be. Um, I mean, you think about it. We have casinos, we have uh, fine dining and restaurants, we have golf courses, we have hunting and fishing, we have an airport, we have our facilities. Like there's nothing that this community um, or this school does not have to make us a viable uh, member of, of a conference. Um, we just have to, you know, I just think for the longest time, Jim, we, we just haven't thought that way. And no. um, that's just my own opinion. And I think that, um, you know, ever since I've taken over, uh, my, one of my biggest 
task, is my opinion, is just try is changing the mindset of, you know, well, why instead of why not? You know, wh- why why do we want to settle to just be mediocre? Yeah. Um, you know, we need to be aggressive. We need to be proactive. Um, you know, I, I think that you know we finally right now we have the football thing right. Um, I think we have a, a, a real football coach um, that embraces the community. That um, I mean, he's a. I mean, well, he wants to be there. Practice. He's a he's a ball coach. He wants you know, to be like, there. He, he's a he's a football coach. Yeah, I, I've said this before. The three previous coaches immediately walked in the door and were looking for their next job. He 100%. he's a guy that wants to be there. Well, I, I've said this all along about the town. I we agree on that one hundred percent. Is the town in general was happy with the way it was going and didn't realize the rest of the the rest of the world and college football was passing by. Absolutely. So yes. they I were agree. in a, they were in I a agree. spot where they were the the pace car in a lot of ways, and all of a sudden everybody else got faster, but they were happy being the pace car. They just didn't realize everybody else went off to another track. <laughs> to play. I mean, that's the way I looked at it. Right. And, no, and, I, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I, it's, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, you just look at, you know, go back into history and you just look at, like we talked about, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, when you know, we were competing with, you know, in the same league as Monroe and, um, and Lafayette and even Tech, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, well, they've you know, all gone. And, uh, we just didn't at that point see, see, um, you know, see where college football was really headed at that point. I, I like to, I like to always, I joke around. And I say that you're kind of like the frat guy that stayed two extra years in college and you woke up on a Saturday morning and said, who are all these freshmen? Cause you're playing with all different teams. Uh, let me ask you this. How, how important, and I want to get to this. How important is going back to Friday, uh, Saturday night, 7 PM, but also your ticket sales to show people that you're you're up and you're recovering from the uh, hurricanes and what what's the three three seven program for that? It's great. Thanks for asking. Number one, we are playing at seven o'clock. Um, you know that is a tradition of McNeese football. Um, way back when you know we were still can't get you to go to six, huh? Can't get I'm you to go to six. I just can't get you to go to six, can I? No, 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 no. You know what? Cowboy football is at seven o'clock in the hole, um, and. <laughs> You know what? I just we're, <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going back to. We want to start winning again and winning the way we need to win. That we need to do everything the right way, and I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, to 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 come back to tradition, and I think sometimes tradition can be limiting um, in a mindset. But I think this one is the right thing. Um, the three three our ticket sales right now is, is are going great. We only have three tailgate spots left. Um, I'd be shocked if they're not sold by the end of this week. Um, the 337 package is what we did is obviously that's our area code. And for $337, you can get a reserve seat, um, for all the football games. Um, and you get obviously a season ticket for men's and women's basketball, baseball, and softball. So for all five sports that we actually charge admission to, you get a, you get a ticket to all of them for $337. And if you break all that down, Jim, it's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks per game. Um, a small cup of coffee at Starbucks per game. So uh, I think it's a great deal. I think that uh, obviously, you know, Pete, we're about football here uh, and, and men's basketball. We have to get men's basketball. We got to get that to, to start rolling again. And um, I think we will. But this is a package where, you know, you get to go to all the sporting events for $337. It's uh, uh, I, I I think it's a great uh, marketing tool that uh, my staff came up with, and uh, and it's really going well. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard that there's a buzz in the town. I, a lot of that, you know, I, I like to say a lot of that is we're, we're kind of out of this malaise of being victims in the hurricanes and all this other stuff. But there's a buzz about the school and the program, especially football-wise this week, isn't yeah. there? Oh, for sure. I mean, you can just feel it. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, we have, uh, I'm, I'm speaking to the football team today to welcome them back. Um, you can just feel the energy. It's just different. Um, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Would, what, what are you, you going to say to the football team? You're a basketball coach. <laughs> I'm going to welcome them and, you know, uh, and tell, I mean, just normal athletic director stuff, man, you know, <laughs> um, but, but there is, and I will tell you this, Jim, there is a buzz. And, you know, when you're around, uh, Dolan Fieldhouse, and you're around our facilities. Um, ever since Coach got here, after about a weekend, um, the mentality is is changed, and um, it's it, it's just so refreshing. I, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I, I'm just telling you that it is. No, it's, it's a so different refreshing. attitude. I, it's I, so look, refreshing. Look, I, I, I've uh, said it. It's great. Golf is a football coach that you can have a beer with and, and wants to talk football. You've gone from the bravado of Lance Gidry the kind of stuffiness of Sterling Gilbert and, and kind of the elite feel of Frank Wilson to a guy that um, is a down-home guy. I mean, you can't say that, but I can. I, I, I do not disagree. <laughs> I, I want to I say this. I, I, before I let you go, I want to ask you this. You guys went on a caravan again. Yeah. But you expanded the caravan to Houston and Lafayette. You got to meet our own Hannah Five names uh, from the station here. <laughs> Um, yeah. but are you getting a feeling that McNeese is more than just, uh, Lake Charles and the, and the really near area that there is kind of a fan base out there? There is. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this too. It's been a long time since they've had something to really rally around. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we can say whatever we want, but, um, people are going to rally around the two revenue sports. Um, uh, in a big, big, big picture, right? Uh, obviously, our spring sports have kicked ass and done a great job. But, you know, there, there's a lot. What I've learned uh, going to Houston Lafayette is, is there's a lot of fans out there um, that are just almost dormant, and they want something to get to rally around. Yeah. They want something to be excited about. They want something to walk around Houston and, and wear their colors proudly. They want to be in Lafayette and wear a McNeese. You know, like, but... Our job is to is to provide that for them. They're there, um, and that's why we went out to them. That's why we're going to continue to do to do a lot of outreach and go out to our fans. But they're there, and, and, and it's it's really exciting to see. Um, and when this thing gets rolling again, um, I, I think the uh, the and now the roof can come off this place. Uh, I really believe that. Um, and you know we've we've got an infrastructure now. We have a plan from an athletic department standpoint. Um, our funding is continuing to get better and better. And, uh, and like I said, I think that, you know, Gary Goff is a huge deal. I, I, I said this before. It was the most important hire of my career at this point. And, um, uh, I, I'm, you know, we haven't played a game yet and all that, but I, I, I'm just telling you that this guy is going to win. Um, he's all about the right things. And, and as simple as it sounds, he is a football coach. Like yeah. he, he, he coaches and teaches and, and recruit, like he's football. Uh, he's not worried about any of the other nonsense. It's about his culture and about football. And those kind of guys um, end up winning a lot of games like he has in his career. Well, Coach, I got to get you out of here. I got a break, but okay. uh, I want to thank you for stopping by. Always a pleasure oh. to talk to you. 
Um, My pre- we'll my we'll pleasure, see you. Guys. Thank you. All right, we'll see you tomorrow at practice. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Bye bye. All right. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Jim Gazzolo for our RP3 and company today. We'll be back after this. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Our friend Kevin Gidry, top of the hour, going to talk LSU football. Should be interesting. He's a former defensive back for the Tigers, an NFL player. I want to hear what he's going to say about Brian Kelly. Hey, he's sure, if nothing else, is a volt, a shot of adrenaline in the morning. He is. I've never seen a guy with more energy in my life. Um, I, I can go into a meeting with him at, in the morning, and he will have me awake and running a marathon. I don't look like I run a marathon by noon. He is that kind of a guy. Um, one thing about McNeese is I, I know we talk a lot about McNeese when I'm on. Is I, I think that they, they are the people of Lake Charles are starting to realize now it is in the school's financial interest to move to FBS because if if not, you are in survival mode as you look at the college football landscape now, and. With everything that's gone on, they're an ideal candidate to move to the next level of FBS. They want to get to FBS, and FBS, the move to FBS will pay for itself within time. I Before I got uh, two years ago, three years ago, before the hurricanes and everything, this is the, one of the worst athletically run institutions around because it didn't know what it wanted to be. It wanted to be something that no longer existed. Now it has changed its path to become kind of want to play with the big guys. And that is the change of attitude that is refreshing to cover, um, interesting in how we're going to get there, and is making a lot of people think maybe we should have been here a long time ago. ULL did it right. This is a group of people that looked at ULL and for the first time didn't say they're idiots for moving on. They said, we want to be like them. How do we get like them? And the fact that someone like Monroe that has struggled, and he just said for five years has been invited back to the Southland and said no because FBS pays too much money is an example of why you have to get to FBS. That's my thoughts anyways, Hannah. I don't know. Hannah agrees or doesn't agree? I don't know. Who knows? But she is, I, I think the interesting thing of also is Hannah met McNeese people. I did. You became a McNeesian for a day. I did. I was very awkward when I first walked in. I was like, what? Why are you awkward? I didn't know anybody. Like, I, I can talk to a coach on the phone to say, hey, right for almost, interview. You almost made me drive over just to introduce you. Thank you. And then I said, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm I was sorry. just nervous. I was like, I don't really know anybody that like I can I met you right. and talk to in person. 
Girl, like, go eat. I'm like, see if I knew we were eating this and this thing, then I would have not well, eaten. It's always, it's I always. ate chicken nuggets before I left. Lake Charles, there's always, <laughs> remember, everything at Lake Charles, there's always food. Got the it. game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll be back after this. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three on this Tuesday, Jim Gazzolo in for RP3. What was the nickname they gave me? JG Jimmy G from LC Jimmy G from LC so I'm from Lake Charles <laughs> don't forget about us 1041 Lake Charles the game let's hear it Lake Charles now going back to Lake Charles for right now is our friend Kevin Gidry LSU graduate LSU defensive back NFL player Kevin how you doing Jim I'm great man thanks for having me on this morning I'm uh, excited all right I I'll get away from Lake Charles a little bit for a moment here, and we're going to go okay. to LSU because you're an LSU guy. Um, Love my Tigers. Well, you played for the Tigers, so I actually the other day I actually saw a Kevin Gidry play on an old uh, taping of an LSU game in a Sugar Bowl. Just so you know. Oh wow! Just so you know, that was that was a that was a disaster. Nebraska was just too much. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was I was they just going to say I saw much. you. I saw you on camera, so you actually did play for LSU. <laughs> I just want to get proof that out. All right, so Kevin, I got to ask you this right off the bat. Um, okay. LSU last wins a national championship, then has yes. two down years for LSU. I, I know you were close to Coach uh, Ogeron. What yeah. do you like and dislike? What What's your thoughts on Brian Kelly? He comes from Notre Dame, so he's not he's not from yeah. down here. What are your thoughts on it? You know, I, I've heard a lot of great things about him. And I heard how he loves to grow players, how he loves to work with players. And, you know, I can never say nothing bad about Coach O. Coach O and I, we were on a first-name basis. I mean, when he'd come to town, he'd come to my house. I mean, when he was in town visiting his sons, he would call me say, hey, let's do lunch. So it, it, was, it was something different. And I guess the thing with Coach Kelly, I guess I was looking for that warm and fuzzy feeling with him, but maybe, Jim, it's just going to take some time. So – I've been around the LSU program for a long, long time. And his approach is a little bit different. You know, Coach O went back and got a lot of the old former players yeah. to come in and be a part of what he was doing. And that made a lot of us really, really feel special, Jim, to be back around the program. And, you know, Coach Kelly's not like that. He's, 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 he's about business. And, and, Jim, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. But, I think it's almost a wait-and-see type approach that a lot of the former players are taking, you know, because we've watched him at Notre Dame and how he groomed and how he worked with players and stuff. And I guess we're just looking to see if he can bring that type of culture back to LSU to make it work like he wants it to work. Because in all honesty, Jim, there's a different breed of kids. That that that's at LSU versus Notre Dame. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, I think he's aware of that, but I think the approach is going to have to be a little bit different, Jim, than what I think he's 
thinking of maybe it's looking to be versus him being at Notre Dame. So I guess a lot of us, we talked at a golf tournament last week, a lot of the former players were playing in and everything in actually Baton Rouge. And we talked about that. And, you know, we want to be there for him to help him in any way we can to mentor those kids, to, 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 to motivate those kids in every way. But I guess a lot of us is just waiting for him to reach out to us and say, hey, guys, I need you guys at the first game because I want you guys to bring back what LSU was all about. And, and Jim, you know, I know he's going to do things his way. Which, which I'm okay with that because at the end of the season, I just want him to win 10 games. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Is that, that's for starters, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that's that's you for know, starters. That's year one yeah. you want 10 games. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of the players that are there now, and I think a couple of them, Jim, it's just going to take some getting used to. Yeah. You know, and these are these are players that, can change the dial on what LSU does, if you know what I mean when I say that. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think his approach to those kids is going to have to be a little bit different, Jim, you know, than what maybe he's done in the past. Everybody goes through that. You know, you've got players that are on your team that are game changers, that 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 can make a difference in hell. Maybe you keeping your job or not, you know. And, and, I, and I think he needs to understand that LSU on the receiver core, they are loaded. They are loaded. They don't have to have a superstar quarterback to get these guys the ball. No, you can throw it. You can throw it ten and out, and they can take it eighty, Jim. No, that that the talent. I, I know it's Notre Dame, and everybody goes, but but the talent level at LSU is a different type of talent. It's also a different type of student. It's a different type of kid. It's a different type of university. And yeah. he's and I've always said is it, it the coach has to come in and kind of adjust to where he's going to. Because you can't change that culture right away. That that's how it's always not, been. Jim. Not to a program like LSU that's a top ten program. Exactly, Jim. You're so right when you say that. And and I guess that's kind of what we were talking about. A lot of the former players, a lot of these kids, Jim. You know, you're gonna have to meet them where they're at. To be honest, I mean, I understand you're the coach, but you know, like we said, a lot of these kids are are, are not kids that are coming from Notre Dame. And no. I, I think a good coach. A good coach can always adjust. That's my take on that, Jim. A and good I'll, coach can always adjust. And also, you're in, you're in a world now where you don't have the kid for four years if he, he if he no. doesn't get along with you. He's gone in six months, and and also he's getting <laughs> if not sooner. Jim. And he's uh he's also you know, he's also getting paid. It's a different breed that's out there now. Oh Jim. yeah, and, you and know, he's getting paid I mean, too. With the NIL, he's getting paid too. Yeah, exactly. You're almost and, like a and, pro coach. You, you're right, Jim. And, and, Jim, you know what's crazy? You know, it, it could come a time where you may have a player that's making more than the coach that's coaching him. Well, at some schools that'll happen. In collegiate I, sports. <laughs> in collegiate sports, Jim. That's crazy. That's, that, that's, I think we're a couple years away from that, but that could happen. <laughs> that could happen at, at certain schools. That could happen. You, know, you, yes, you, you definitely yes. get an interim guy in yes. there and you're going to. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's what I think. You know, a lot of coaches around the country, you know, is is looking at your approach to these kids. It's going to have to be different. It's going to almost be like, you know, a semi-pro type guy that you're coaching oh, yeah. in college. And, and they're free agents every year. <laughs> like, every, they're free Jim, agents every year. Jim, that portal is wide open, Jim. Wide that, open. That it ain't closing. Is, 
it's wide open, man. So what would it, what would a Kevin Gidry have been worth in today's market from his days? Oh, Jim, you know I think about that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you know what? Hey, I would have taken I would have taken a, probably a hamburger and a and a pair of sneakers, and I'd have been okay. Well, back then, now, but now on the open market, yeah, everything's yeah. different. It it is, and and you know, Jim, the thing is, all of these boosters, you know. What's what's the work that they see in these kids? What it is that we don't see? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Jim, they are shelling out some big bucks, man. Well, that, that's that is the value to me is always going to be in the program. So yes. is part of it yes. to kind of get your foot in the door and start running the program because that's yeah. where when you you know when you control if you control the quarterback and a running back, man, you're controlling the team all you're of a sudden. Controlling the team, Jim. Okay. We thought we you, had it. We thought we had it. it down. We thought it when we had boosters were just kind of supporting the booster club and yeah. they had power. Yeah, making sure everybody was happy. But <laughs> right now, Jim, I mean, is is there such a thing as recruiting a kid now, Jim? Is there? Uh, it, it you you've got to meet the, the, a part of the recruiting process. I would guess for everybody is part of the NIL money and, yes, and what is. you can bring yes, in and what yes, what you is. can offer a kid that way. Yeah, I. I you know, I think it's fa- and I'm gonna, that's fascinating. And I'm going to tell you, you know, all the money heads west, Jim, if you know what I mean when I say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you can't compete west, Jim, you might as well shut your program down. No, there is. I, there is. I have, I have said this before. In college sports, you have – USC has the potential – with Hollywood sitting there and all the limelight oh, in that. Jim, it's unreal, oh, man. It's it, unreal. It, it's the second one in there, the image thing. That, oh, yeah. That you oh, yeah. can create your own image at 18 and never work a day in your life. You're going to go to the Jim. sunshine, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, that's, that's it, man. And believe me, you know, these kids are getting so knowledgeable yeah. of this NIL right now, Jim, is that you can't tell them anything, man. A kid can say, well, okay, um, what we're we looking at. I mean, that's the way the conversation no. is going to pretty much go, Jim. You, you ain't making the same. You. you ain't making the same money at the University of Maine as you are. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. not going to happen. I, I agree with that. All right, let me let me get you this here. Okay. What, what what does it what does a winning year look like for LSU this year? Because you know they're picked for fifth in the in the West, and that that's they unacceptable. Are, Jim, and that's that's kind of at the bottom, man. That's unacceptable know? for an LSU guy, isn't it? Jesus, man, fifth in the West. <laughs> Jesus, Jim. Never thought I'd see that, man, really. Um, Kelly, Kelly is going to have to – I mean, I like some of the things he said at media day and everything. I mean, he was, he was, he was the kind of guy that we want to get to know, and I think that was good on his part, the way he handled himself was, was, was really, really good because nobody knows nothing about him. Everybody knows stuff about him at Notre Dame. Yeah. But tell me what type of LSU coach are you going to be? Brian, that's that's what we want to know, man. Tell me what it is that you're going to bring to this program that's going to make us want to drive to Baton Rouge every Saturday and say we're going to see some exciting football. Jim, honestly, man, you, Jim, you've got you, and, and I, I mean my expectations are always high because I'm a former LSU Tiger and alum. But Jim, to me, if you don't, if you can't, if you can't win eight games, to me, that's not a winning season. No, that's 
That's me, Jim. If you can't win eight games with the schedule that you have right now, if you can't win eight games, ah. Uh, I'm not happy, Jim. <laughs> well, I, not happy. also the interesting thing is, look, they've had the state to themselves, and, and they're always going to be the big dog on the state. They but are. There's, they are. There's, there's other programs that are starting to gain some attention. UL, they for are. one. Tech has a new coach. Uh, yes. Tulane is doing some things. Even even McNeese was talking about going to FBS. All these things yeah. are starting to get some attention. You can't, yeah. uh, you can't let them catch up. <laughs> you cannot, Jim. You can't, man, because I'm telling you, once they start to gain momentum, and if you're not going in the same direction, Jim, it's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough. And you know, Tiger Stadium can get can get really loud on Saturdays if you're not playing the type of football. Oh yeah, we want. Jim, <laughs> we've the seen three that. Games that I, the three games that I guess for this year for the Tigers that stand out with me that's going to probably be tough a tough game. And I'm I mean Alabama, that's always there. Yeah. You know that that's that's going to be there. That's a given. A and M at the end of the year. That kind of tells you what kind of season you're having, okay, because that's always the last game. And the game of Auburn, Auburn and Tennessee, you know, it, it, that, Jim, if, if I'm going to take a loss, it's got to be with maybe one of those. Yeah. Everything else, Jim, I should I should wipe the slate. I well, should, you can't. I clean house. There are good. There are good teams. Like there's an up and comer like in Arkansas or something that's a good team, but yeah. you can't start losing to Arkansas. No, no, Jim, you can't. You, you got to stay ahead of them. The others are yeah. okay. They're they're power schools, but when you start losing to the ones that are up and coming and starting to pass you by, that's when yeah. that's when the red flags go up. And you're right. And you know what, Jim? The thing that I think a lot of people are tagging him with, they say he's a very very good disciplinarian. He you know he loves discipline. And Jim, you know I can look back at a couple of LSU games where we lost games on just being not disciplined. To be honest with you, so if he can if he can make that curve. I can see us winning one or two games with with just that, Jim. With just that, and just beat Alabama, right? Yes, man. Look, look. If <laughs> if if Kelly if Kelly beats Alabama, he can lose every game after that. Okay, one and one and eleven he just beat Alabama. After they, if he beats Bama, okay, <laughs> and that and that's at home. That's a big test for him. I don't I don't know what does Notre Dame pack in, Jim. Do they do sixty eighty thousand? Now they do. Yeah. Okay. Not, not eighty thousand, so, but they're they're around. He's uh, not going to be that surprised, but they're going to put a hundred thousand at that game, Jim. No, they, they, the, the, the thing okay. about that is, I've heard people say that, but he's gone to places where they, you know, he goes to Michigan where they put it. So he's yeah. been in those yeah. places. Yeah. Notre Dame, Notre yeah. Dame's expanded over the years to where they're up about seventy-five okay. or something. Yeah. I have to look at okay. the actual number, okay. but they, so, no, you're right. So they didn't used to be. They didn't used he, to be. Yeah. So he's to me, he won't be a deer in headlights when that well, happens. No, because he's been to the other, he's been to the places where he's been on the road with that. Now he hasn't seen. Now he hasn't seen. I, I I like to say is I've been around the country and I've yeah. seen a lot of tailgating. I'm not saying LSU is the best tailgating. It, it's up there. It is a unique <laughs> tailgate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is I mean, one of the more I unique mean, tailgates I, out I there. Mean, I don't know anywhere around the country. Maybe I went to a I went to an Auburn game one year. And I seen some folks tailgating. It was me, Jamie Bice, Rock Palamo, late late Rock Palamo. We flew up to to LSU game, and we saw people roasting a pig. Well, that was this interesting thing. And we yeah. was like, okay. I thought we were the only ones that did this well, gym, but you know, I'm like, whoa. It is. I, I like to say this is the Big Ten tailgates very well, but it's a lot of college kid tailgating. Yeah. Yes. When when you go to LSU, you go to some of the SEC. It's a 
It's almost like a profession tailgating. It's, it's just it's just an upgrade. It's an upgrade. What they're doing, you know what I'm saying, Jim? It's an upgrade. It's people that did yes. That, it's that it's a tradition of your time and know how to do it well. It's not your find a burger, find some burgers, no, find a keg, no, call it a tailgate. Not it is all, it is you know bring I mean? the living room. They've got they've got the best cuisine that we can offer here in the state of Louisiana. And the, and the biggest and the right biggest the biggest TVs are in the parking lot. Oh, my God. Huge and sometimes TVs. you don't even want to go to the game, okay? Yeah. I mean, you're tailgating saying, do I really need to go to the game? <laughs> because, I mean, I the agree, TV I is agree. almost as big as your that's inside the game. So that's why I say it's the most it's it's very unique environment. I, all right, I want to thank you, Kevin Gidry, for your time. I appreciate Kevin, it. Always, my See friend. how the Tigers you know that, do. Man. All right. Kevin Gidry joining us from Lake Charles, former LSU defensive back. Interesting things to say about Brian Kelly and, and uh, how – how do players feel about him and former players close to the program? I'm Jim Gazzolo in for RP3 today. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We supply the sports. The Buffalo Wings are up to you. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back for part of hour number three. Hannah just sent me, I guess, some advertisement. You want me to buy some... Natural cookies, I guess. It's the cookies that you tried earlier. Yes, they were very good. But, <laughs> but it's like so all of a sudden it pops up like I'm supposed to make in a case, purchase. In case you wanted to get them. I, I, and I may. That's the name of them. That's what I'm doing. I, I may just do that. It's an interesting conversation with Kevin Gidry for this reason. I think there's a lot of pressure on Brian Kelly because he's not from here and he's trying to change a culture that has worked over years. And when you do that, I think they want. I think they're some of the old players. I, you see this at Miami because Miami's old players were, would come back and be such a big part of the program, like LSU, and they're so invested in it that sometimes a coach from outside the family structure kind of uh, it takes them some time to warm up to them. So it's, it's. I think that was an interesting perspective. That's what I got out of the Kevin Gidry conversation was. Yeah, we like him. Well, let's wait and see. Win, win me, beat, beat Alabama. Win me ten games. I, and that's it's a tough call. Brian Kelly has. I, I don't want to say Ed Ogeron left him big shoes to fill. Uh, Les Miles left him big shoes to fill, but he they left a kind of way with fans that are some big shoes to fill with the fan base. They were very fan-oriented, especially at Ogeron. He was the pick that everybody wanted. He was one of the guys. He was from here. Um, how he interacted with players and with uh, fans, I think I think that's going to be Brian Kelly's biggest challenge. I, what'd you get out of it? Were you awake for it? Were you alive? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think... I think Kelly is saying all the right things. I think he will be good for the program. I think he's going to turn it around like it needs to because O's just look. I'm a huge man. Notre Dame fan. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. 
I'm a Chicago person, and Notre Dame is our college football team. That's just how Catholic kids growing up in Chicago were. I loved a lot of Notre Dame coaches. I was not a huge Brian Kelly fan. Really? Yes. For this reason. You're telling me you can't win at Notre Dame. You left your team on the verge of a playoff spot and telling me you can't win at Notre Dame. You're telling me you can't recruit at Notre Dame and the guy that comes in after you has the number one recruiting class at Notre Dame. And he was your assistant. Your assistants that you offered jobs to didn't come with you. I don't believe, and I'd have to check, any Notre Dame kids transferred with Brian Kelly. Now, every other coach that has, even Gary Goff, kids from Valdesta State came with him. Also, I think he, Brian Kelly went 4-8 and eight one year with Notre Dame. And they stuck with him. You go four and eight at most power universities, you're not sticking around, right? Nowadays, yeah. So he did that, and they stuck with him, and they, they, he rewarded them at the end with some good teams. But I'm not sure the loyalty was both sides because he left when they were on the ver, uh, the number five team in the country. So that kind of ruffles me a little bit. I stuck with you when you were four and eight. We're on the verge of the playoffs. Have a chance. You're going to go to LSU. <laughs> That's me as a Notre as a Notre Dame fan. Now I'm not I'm not an LSU fan. Uh, I respect them. I think they're a great program, but I'm, I didn't grow up a fan of theirs. So therefore, my loyalty is to who you always grow up with, and I understand why they went out and got him. Um, but that's. That's kind of – and in today's world. And then don't as a co- – and it, this really gets me. Don't come back as a Nick Saban coach. Leave the leave the Dolphins. Leave LSU and all that and come back and say there's no loyalty because my players are leaving. You've taught them the process of how to leave and make more money. You've taught them that. You, you want to be teachers? You've become the teacher in as this is what you do to get ahead in the game of college football – Look at us change jobs on a, on, when we get the offers. But you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't benefit yourself because it's all about the program. When I just left the program I built to benefit myself. Am I rambling about that? No. But do, do you agree with that? That well, Don't come back and say, hey, the game is broken because college kids have power to leave when you've done the same thing and you've shown them the benefit of doing it. I mean, yeah, that all makes sense. Um. <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I, look, I, I know my age and that. I'm not a get off my lawn guy. I see differences yeah. when I went to college and nowadays. And yeah, if I had been in the transfer portal and I had had a bad year, I'd be gone. Because that's what the coaches have told us. That's what they do. They give a good year and they leave. If I have a good year at a smaller school and I'm a coach, I go to the next job. If I have a good year and I'm a player, why shouldn't I go to the next job? I mean, yeah, that make, that, that, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I, I don't know. It, I also as don't, a fan, I don't care it's hard to kids, tell. I don't care for college kids being able to leave a school after one year. I well, don't understand that. I think it's dumb because it – It is to some extent, except that they're now promised other jobs and other money. Right. That's what I – I think that's what kind of hurts them because 
we're already right now trying to get into the group of almost going and paying these kids like they're already in the NFL. There's some kids that may get all the NIL money, but they don't go to the NFL. They don't make it to the NFL. Well, you taught, you taught them how to do that. You treated them like this to make all this money. Well, now they're no longer eligible to play. So what happens now if they're not if they don't make it to the NFL? Well, that's so. Like, what, what do they do from there? They've all they really known is skipping from school to school and going to four different schools an entire school year. Somehow getting a degree, which I have no idea how the heck you can do that if you're going for two different school every year where programs are taught differently, and not at all the same for every school. I've always so, I've always wondered about that too. Like what? Like I, I don't. When, when I when I look at transfer, I always hear about this. I only got you know half my credits worth. Yeah, they, they somehow like get why? all their credits worth. <laughs> like how how can you get all your credits if you're so hooked uh, on looking okay. at the the NIL and you know figuring out that's where you can get money? Question. Well, you don't even probably know how to even control that money because that's it's very, not taught often in school. On very good question, money. Anna. Very good question. I try. It makes me it. Oh, it my nerve. Now I'm now I'm heated. Now you're heated. Brett Chancey up after the break. Jim Gazzolo in for RP3 of the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Back after this. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo back last half hour for RP3 on a Tuesday morning. Got everything going. This To me, this is Christmas Eve as a baseball fan. Right now we got Brett Chancey going to talk about that from Locked On Astros podcast. Brett, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. You know, yesterday it was funny. We were I was in a spaces. We were talking out of several hundred people in there, and everybody was like, when are they going to make a move? James Click and James Click is cheap, and the Astros aren't doing anything. And then all of a sudden, it was like the sky opened up. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, when it's sunny outside and that storm cloud comes over, and you're like, is it going to rain and the bottom just falls out? It was raining. It was just an amazing. We probably did four episodes yesterday on our YouTube channel. <laughs> we did one speculating, two trade, one post game. It was insane. And I just got word um, from Jeff Passan via Twitter, um, the deal sending right-hander Jake Odorizzi to Atlanta for left-handed reliever Will Smith to Houston is done. So that done is deal. a done deal for sure. Our, okay, that's three deals in. Um, I, I, obviously, the big one that's going to get all the headlines is Trey Mancini, but are the Astros done? The Astros are not done. Um, I, right. am, I am hearing that they are in play for another bat and another relief pitcher. I don't know who that is. What may complicate things is apparently the Padres are hot on Juan Soto's trail. And Everybody, about, aren't they? Well, the Padres are talking about packaging Soto with Bell. And that Whoa. would be that would take Bell if Bell had any if they had any consideration of bringing Bell in that might complicate things. But I've seen names like Ramon Laureano from the A's, Michael Taylor from the Royals, yeah. Odalis Garcia from the Rangers. Those are all hitting center fielders. I think the Astros probably feel like they need to get another center field bat. 
with Jake Myers coming back from the shoulder surgery, I know I'm not convinced he's 100 percent. His throwing velo is down almost 10 miles per hour. He's not really hitting well at the plate. Kaz McCormick hasn't gotten the constant at bats to where he's really melded himself into a constant role. So if they can get a veteran starting hitting center fielder and another relief pitcher, I think that will seal the deal for them and prepare them to be the favorites coming out of the American League this year in the playoffs. I, it, it's interesting because I said this earlier on the show is you got the Astros who are looking at four to five new faces, and you got the Yankees who are looking to at least five faces, and they have combined they were going to win 220, 25 games, <laughs> and they're making yeah. all these moves. Um, are they are are the Astros consciously looking at the Yankees and saying we've got to match everything, or are they confident because they've beaten them this year that they're already ahead of them? They just want to stay ahead. Well, let me let me put a different spin on it. Let me put a different spin on this because that is an excellent perspective. The Yankees are signing players to beat the Astros. Yeah, the Astros are signing players to win the World Series. One one club clearly has their goal set on the wrong thing. I think they got Frankie Montas. We countered that with Christian Vasquez, who's an absolute Yankee killer. But I think Will Smith, who has not been great this year. You get to dump Odorizzi's contract, but you get Will Smith, who was nails in the World Series and in the postseason. This guy has a track record. The Astros can fix that. I think the Astros are going for gold here, and I, I would be surprised at the end of the trade deadline if they're, if they're not the odds-on favorite to win it all this year. Well, clearly them, after the last few years, the only thing they have to do is win a World Series. They're not looking behind exactly. them, and they're worried about the World Series. Um Although I, I will say this, the Luis Castillo deal is an interesting one playoff time because he's now a game one starter that Seattle I didn't think had before. Right. So that that's, I agree with that. that's the only game changer with that one is I don't see him changing. I think they were going to get back to the playoffs anyways. He just kind of, especially in a two out, of, two out of three, the Astros won't be involved in the first round. But the two out of three series, I don't know if Seattle would have won. I'd favor them now because he's going to go game one. And that makes sense. No, and, you know, Seattle did did go get him, and that was, you know, good for them. And it was it was so funny. This um, We've suddenly become rivals with the Mariners. Like, you know, um, the Mariners fans were all up in arms about us coming to there, and the Astros ended up sweeping them. Yeah. And then I, I think they won one or two games here. And so the bottom line is this. The Astros are the hunted and they remain the apex predator at the same oh, yeah. time. I, I just I just see this is going to be a very exciting day. Like you said, this is like Christmas Eve. This is like I mean this is like this is like Christmas in August for me because yeah. I mean there's no telling the possibilities that we can see. And the Astros really haven't given up a ton. They've given up no. a couple decent prospects, but nothing that you're going, Okay, we just broke our organization over. No, nothing nothing than like Seattle's given up. Right, Seattle's giving up. You know, Seattle's giving up their future. I mean, they they're making their run right now. No, that for me as a White Sox fan, this is always Christmas Eve, and then I wake up and it's Christmas morning, and there's a lump of coal in my stocking because we didn't do anything. So it's always, it's always a, a a glorious, hopeful, and then a disappointment. So that's that's being a White Sox fan. Now the the thing about the Astros is this: is Mancini to me is a, a great find that a lot of people won't understand because they haven't watched the Orioles. 
But he, he's obviously a rental. He's a very good bat. And he is not only insurance, but he can play a lot of different positions. He can fill in for a lot of guys that are struggling right now, can't he? Exactly. And what is what is great about that is you is you have when you bring Mancini in, if he plays first, Yuli Guriel can play third base. You can give Bregman a breather if you need to, and Yuli Guriel also plays second. And then they also have two other utility guys who have started hitting in Mauricio Dubon and Alednis Diaz, who was one of my favorite off-the-bench guys on this roster. So the Astros have weapons. They may not be getting a Juan Soto, but who they got, I believe, fills the need admirably. Um, I saw Martin Maldonado, who is really the captain of this team, talk about both Vasquez and Mancini, has respect for both players. He used to work out with Vasquez. And so I think there's going to be a mutual respect. I know yesterday Vasquez was a little shell-shocked because he had just taken BP and then was told by Mark Berman of Fox 26 Houston, hey, uh, have you heard that you're being traded? What do you think? Like, and he yeah. didn't. He's like, ah, you know, it's a business. Like, he didn't know what to say. Yeah. But I, I think these additions, um, and, you know, Will Smith, who is a veteran, I think it's a very, very good thing for the Astros. And I think James Click has done a very admirable job well, the, so the, far. The two things I really like is Will Smith, yeah, the year hasn't been great, but he's been in the big game. He's not going right. to get overwhelmed by the moment. Mancini's played in New York seven times against the Yankees, hundreds of times against the Yankees. He's not going to get overwhelmed by New York City. So th- those are those are picks that – to me said we targeted something that we know what we want and we're going to get. We're not everybody's in on Juan Soto, let's go get Juan Soto. This is what we want, this is what we're going to get. No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think as long as you can make moves like this and you don't have to decimate, I mean, the Astros really couldn't afford to decimate their their minor league system unless they went with like giving away guys like Hunter Brown, Corey Lee, yeah. Pedro Leone, you know what I'm saying? And, and 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 I mean, Yanir Diaz, I know has been spoken of, but I know they've they've held on to him because they like his bat. Um, but right now, I really I'm I'm convinced that there's going to be a center field bat and another relief pitcher that James Click goes and gets. And um, man, I you know I do not envy the life of a GM. Like I think I used to want to be be a GM, but the more I dive into it, I'm like. This is a this is a thankless job because you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. Yeah, and then and in three years somebody's going to criticize your move because one of the guys you gave up as a player to be named later got hot. And, and somebody, yeah, uh, it's a tough it's a tough gig. I, I, is there any any concern about the pitching staff's health as far as starting rotation goes that that they would they would address at all? You know that, and that may be something that that they look at. Now, the thing is, you know, um, Lance McCullers Jr. is having another rehab start tonight, and what's interesting is he's actually pitching against Dallas Keuchel, who's with the Rangers AAA Round Rock Express here in Sugarland, Texas, and so um, that's an interesting development. You know, my thing is, is the team hasn't really let us know exactly how they're going to use Lance McCullers. I know they're they're on the track of having him as a starter, but is he going to be stretched out enough to be a starter? Is he going yeah. to be a long reliever? Are they going to piggyback him? I think if they don't move, I mean, since they moved over Rizzi, everybody's like, well, maybe Hunter Brown comes up. But I don't know that Hunter Brown is a playoff rotation 
arm yet. Like he's been very good, but I think you have you have Justin Verlander, you have Framber Valdez, then you go with Christian Javier, and then you know they decide after that who's going to be there. If it's going to be Lance, is it going to be um, you know Jose Arquiti? Is it going to be Luis Garcia? Because Arquiti is the guy that they everybody thinks is is going to be moved, and he hasn't been moved yet. So maybe they're standing pat with who they have on starting pitching right now. But I, I like the idea of getting an insurance uh, veteran in center field that can run a little, can f- field well, and can give you a couple of key at-bats that's been in big situations. I, that 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 seems like a good move for them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, make make no mistake, James Click is going to do not only what's great for the team on the field, but for the team in the clubhouse. And I think that's very important. The Astros have one of the best clubhouse cultures. And every player that's come here in the last couple of years, they've said nothing but, wow, I feel like I'm part of the family. Like the second I got there, they welcomed me. And so that is one advantage I think Houston has. Not that they're the only ones, but they really have that, um, have that, you know, on their mind. And um, someone's saying that Ken Rosenthal is mentioning the, the names I talked about earlier, Michael A. Taylor, Ramon, you know, Lariano, and also Ian Happ are center fielders that the Astros are actively looking at right now. Well, of those, Happ would cost the most, obviously, but and you'd get him for a year and a half. But um, I, the Michael A. Taylor I like because he's, he's been a part of a World Series champion. Um, right. I, I think he's a tremendous fielder. And, and oh, he's, no, got, yeah, he's got, think, he's got think, a bat that's better I, than people think, think. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I think Michael Taylor is probably one of the more underrated guys out yeah. there. Like, you don't hear a lot about him. You don't hear a lot of press. But every time you watch him play, the kid's good. He can fly. And he can hit. I mean, yeah. you know, a plus defender, he's got a, He's not going to bring you he, – he's not going to bring you down with his bat. And so – that may be a deal they can make, or they don't have to break their. Yeah, exactly. Back. He would be. He would be. He's a guy that's going to contribute. He's not. He's not going to need his time and his at bats and be a problem. And he's going to help you in a lot of different ways. He can steal a base for you late in a game. No, he can do a lot of things. That and he wouldn't break the bank. No, that'd be a good pickup. All right, Brett Chancy, thank you from Locked On Astros podcast. Busy day for you. Uh, keep us notified. Let us know. No, yeah, definitely. If if your if your listeners would uh, check us out on YouTube, we'll be doing when the Astros make a trade. We'll be doing a live show as soon as we can. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're in the car, um, check us out on pretty much any app you get your podcast. Just just to say, hey, play Locked On Astros, and I promise you it'll play it. We got you covered five days a week. We're excited because we see 2022 being the year the Astros win their second World Series title. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Louisiana, for bringing us on. Appreciate you, sir. All right. Thank you. Brett Chancy, Locked On Astros podcast. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. After this, we'll be back. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 2nd, 1982, Oakland A's outfielder Ricky Henderson steals his 100th MLB base of the season in a 6-5 win over Seattle. Henderson is the first to steal 100 twice in modern era. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Day one almost in the books on our extravagant sitting in for RP3 and company. I am Jimmy G from the LC for now. I guess that's what it is. We've named myself. There we go. There we go. We, we've done. We what have we done? Let's go today. We've gone around from everything from Hannah's band days to writing herself letters. The six o'clock hour is always interesting because We're that's where I up. ask you questions <laughs> and you give me answers I never expect. Yeah. And it's completely, sometimes it's completely off sports topic, but I find it interesting. I mean, technically, the only part that was off sports topic was a letter to myself. Letter to myself. The band now, did every smack kid have was to do against that? the Lending Tree Bowl. Was that like a writing assignment in class, or was that? Yeah. So I would have had to write a letter to myself if I went to your high school. Mm-hmm. What if I bored myself? <laughs> just, well, I mean, just asking, what if I bored myself? I don't know. Could happen. I, I bore myself quite often. Uh I wonder if it's a good thing or a bad thing if you bored yourself. I, I know today is exciting for a baseball fan like me, and you don't care probably. You've gotten your player, you're done, you're happy. Seattle. Yeah, but this is the day that I just I just sit in front of my computer and try to make trades as if I was an actual general manager and have fun with it with my friends. And it's not, I don't get a lot of fun days. I can't do this in the NFL because it's all based on contractual money and fitting in. I can't do it in the NBA because half the NBA players don't want to go certain places. <laughs> so I have to, and hockey, not enough people know about it. So baseball is the fun one. It's like trading the baseball cards that you get in your bike. Uh, you, uh, you're way too, never mind. It's a complete generational <laughs> miss there. That was a generational whiff, wasn't it? What? I used to have baseball cards. We used to keep them in our bikes in the spokes so they made noise in the summer. And you would trade baseball cards. I would give you two for one. I would, yeah. And this, this, is, this is my day to relive that. Only I do it with real people in real time. And the White Sox do nothing and fold up tent. And that is my life in a nutshell. <laughs> that was high that was, uh... aspirations, high goals, high anticipation. Nothing at the end. Do you know what I just found out? What? Today is Foot's birthday. Is it? Yes. Kevin Foot coming up on Footnotes after this show. Happy birthday to Kevin Foot if you're listening on your way in. Have a great show. Now, now Kevin Foot, I always get a kick out of because he really gets fired up about the Saints. He does. And the Astros, but really the Saints. Yeah. And if something goes wrong with the Saints. It's a good day to tune in. Yes. Because he's going to go off. Yes. And that's why it makes me, like, I'm excited for, you know, the NFL. I'm ready for football. But I'm also so, so scared because I haven't gone through the entire season of football with foot before. I was I started, like, the tail end of the NFL season, but I am definitely scared of what's to come. Um, it's uh makes me a little nervous. If things go bad, <laughs> I'm scared. You may need to put some stuff up in front of the screen here, but uh, the Saints are going to have a good year. 
I think so too. It's still just you know, foot. They're, they're gonna be fine. <laughs> I, I think they're gonna be fine. I think they're gonna be a playoff running. Yeah. Jim Gilol, thanking you for Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. See you tomorrow.